0: So we'll go from the more common to the far, far less common. Dr. Moriarty? This is a 62-year-old woman, very healthy, presented to her doctor with rectal bleeding and change in bowel habits over the previous couple of months. And on physical exam, there was an obvious mass in the rectum, but it was about three to four centimeters distal to the anal verge. And she went to colonoscopy, which really showed an extensive lesion. That started about three to four centimeters above the anal verge, extending for an additional four to four and a half centimeters. It was biopsied, and it was a squamous cell carcinoma. And on exam, she otherwise was perfectly healthy. She had no inguinal nodes. Her CAT scan of the errors depicted this disease. And we have a CT PET, and I was just curious with a squamous cell carcinoma what the PET would do. So I did a PET, and this tumor was very PET avid in the rectum no surprise. But there was no other disease in the inguinal area, any nodal disease. We attempted to do an EUS, and technically it was difficult because of the size of the tumor. But it certainly is a T3 lesion, but they couldn't identify any nodes. But the tumor is so large, it was really hard for the endoscopist to visualize the nodal process. Anyway, we had a discussion with is this, a, what type of tumor was this? Was an anal? Was it a rectum? But it clearly, by multiple exams, nobody thought this really was part of the anus. It was sort of distal to it. So we elected to treat her as a squamous cell carcinoma of the rectum, albeit rare, but albeit as a rectal or an anal carcinoma, thinking this is a squamous cell tumor. So we offered her radiation and chemotherapy using monomycin and infusional 5-FU, but never with the thought that this is a woman that we were going to avoid surgery with and we were going to commit her to an AP resection. So this was kind of in lieu of, as we would with our neoadjuvant adenocarcinomas of the rectum. So she actually tolerated the monomycin and 5-FU extremely well. One of the debates was, is what should her radiation therapy field be? Should we include the inguinal area? Should we just treat her as a rectal? Again, she was young and healthy. We elected to include the inguinal field as part of our treatment, just because it was a squamous cell tumor, and the likelihood of this involving the animal, certainly lymphatics of the animal was there. She had a tremendous response to the chemotherapy, as our anal cell tumors do. On exam, the tumor was gone. We were able to actually ultrasound her post-preoperatively. And at that time, you could actually still see what appeared to be tumor within the submucosa and extending through the muscularis. And actually, you could actually see small little nodal deposits even on the ultrasound then. She underwent an AP resection. And actually, there was no tumor within the, on the mucosa surface, but there was a lot of submucosal disease, and she had five out of 19 lymph nodes that were still positive for cancer, but great radial, I mean, circumferential margins, good margins. And this is kind of an active case, because she's only about four to five weeks postoperative as we speak. And the question comes up now, what is going to be our best adjuvant? Therapy for this lady. So, Rich, how would you sort this through in terms of what's happened up to now, and where
1: do you think you'd be heading?
2: Well, my thinking about this is this fits into this what used to be called basaloid tumors of the pelvis, which could be cervical cancer, vaginal cancer, anal cancer, or distal rectal cancer, and they probably originate from the same cells. Are probably all related to an HPV 16 infection which can cause cervix cancer as well as anal cancer. And I would have managed her, just as you did, with an anal cancer regimen with radiation. Now, I'm not a radiation oncologist, but I work closely with Joel Tepper on cases like this. And in his mind, I think the more distal the tumor, the higher the risk of inguinal node involvement. So I'm not sure he would have elected to treat the inguinal nodes, but I'm not critical of the decision to do that. And I think that that also is a judgment call. What would I have done after a really good response? In some ways, I might have been tempted to wait a little longer after chemo RADS and do another endoscopic ultrasound at a later date to see if the disease was disappearing. Now, since the NIGRO regimen has been used in anal carcinoma, the vast majority of patients have gotten away without APRs. And the indication for APR is persistent or recurrent disease. You could argue, well, this person had persistent disease, and so eventually would have come to an APR, and sooner maybe better than later. So you've crossed that bridge. What do you do for adjuvant therapy? Well, nobody's really studied that. You know, a couple of years ago there was an RTOG study that randomized patients to the Nigro regimen of radiation five a few mito versus a number of cycles of upfront 5-FU platinum, and the 5-FU platinum was actually inferior to the Nigro regimen. There is some activity with 5-FU platinum. What would I do now? I think your choices are adjuvant therapy or no adjuvant therapy, and I might do nothing at this point. But I'll be interested to hear what Bob said.
1: Bob, also I'm curious, in addition to what you think about this case, if you can talk about the trial that you're doing in MD Anderson in anal cancer.
3: Okay. So the first issue I would address is I agree with Rich. I don't know if we would have included the inguinal field. Inguinal risk is really based on proximity to the anus. I mean, it's just, it's anatomy. It's the drainage from the anal canal and the anal margin that gives you the inguinal risk. The other issue is this patient had an APR or she had a sphincter preserving? No, pres- she had an APR. She had an APR. Yeah. I think that was the right move and the reason is is that you do wonder if she had an occult anal primary and this is as rich has suggested this may be a sort of a field defect and i think that if you had done a sphincter sparing procedure you're still worried about her anal canal and her anal margin so i think that decision was fine I don't think it's a big deal that the inguinal region was irradiated. There may be a little more fibrotic risk, I guess I would say, down the road. I just want to touch on the RTOG trial because I think there could be reasons why that's a flawed trial. First of all, we need to be clear about what the role of mitomycin C is. Mitomycin C does not improve survival with anal cancer compared to giving 5-FU alone. Mitomycin C improves colostomy-free or APR-free survival. And I believe the reason that is is that mitomycin C is a good radiation sensitizer, particularly in hypoxic tumors. It's supposed to work well as a radiation sensitizer in hypoxic tumors. But I think if it doesn't improve survival, it's not necessarily a good systemic component of therapy. Otherwise, we would expect to see some survival advantage for these patients. I think the reason the RTOG trial may have been negative, and the way it was worse really, is that a lot more patients had to be salvaged after 5-FU platinum and then 5-FU platinum radiation. And I think what may have happened is we conferred radiation resistance in those patients by giving them a fair amount of chemotherapy first. The reason that was done is that in some studies, just giving chemotherapy has led to nice responses of anal tumors. That's my thinking about the anal RTOG trial. Would you give adjuvant therapy at this point? I would. I think that she did not get a CR, and we've looked at our likelihood of CR or what are the features that make you more prone to have a PATH-CR. One of the things that's a bad feature is if more than 60% of the lumen is involved, the circumference of the lumen is involved with tumor, and it sounds like this was a bulky lesion, and I suspect you know, getting her to pass CR was going to be a challenge. You could argue, well, it's a squamous cell. It may be more sensitive to therapy, but I wouldn't have had that much optimism waiting, et cetera. And with the nodes involved, I would give her 5-FU platinum. Now, I really don't think it matters a lot if it's 5-FU cis or if it's a full Fox type of regimen. Our current trial is a combination of capecitabine with weekly oxaliplatin with radiation. That has had some toxicity, skin reaction, and diarrhea. I think our dose of oxali is about 50 per meter squared weekly. And there have been some patients who've had toxicity. Now, it's been going well so far in terms of local control. We've had, as far as I know, we haven't had anybody have a local failure. We have had a patient develop distant disease. But it's a little too early to say, is oxaliplatin going to be a platinum that we could think about as a substitute for mitomycin C that may end up having better systemic coverage? I think that's going to require a randomized trial. I think the basis of doing a randomized trial would be to see excellent local control rates, and low need for salvage. I mean, I think we would have to be upwards of 80 85% in a select group to think this may be better than 5-FU mito. The biggest issue with mitomycin C is it is pretty toxic. There's a lot of skin reaction with mitomycin C. People don't have fun with it. A lot of people skip the second dose later on because their counts can't take it or the skin is looking pretty rough at that point. What do we know about uh, capecitamine and or oxali in this disease? Not very much. I mean, this is an ongoing area of investigation. I think, you know, Neil, I mean, my view about cytamine as a radiation sensitizer is it's hard to come up with a biological reason why it would be inferior to 5-FU. Virtually every study, at least as systemic therapy, be it in the adjuvant setting, gastric cancer, adjuvant colon cancer, metastatic colon cancer. These drugs are essentially equivalent. There's no superiority in terms of efficacy, but there's certainly no inferiority either, at least based on the studies that have been done so far. I do think as we've gotten away, I mean, there are probably not very many people in the room who use bolus 5-FU anymore, and we are using two-day infusional LV-5-FU, too, as the standard way we give this in systemic and then infusional therapy with a pump during RT. But I personally don't think there's going to be a lot of difference biologically between capecitabine or infusional 5-FU as a radiosensitizer. How about capox in this patient? I think that would be reasonable. You know, there is no evidence-based medicine about this case, for sure. I think capox would be fine. I think 5-FU cisplatin would be fine. I think Cape capecitabine cisplatin would be fine.
1: You know, thinking back to those numbers of what you all are seeing in practice, there also are tumors like anal cancer and thyroid cancer, et cetera, and, you know, we just don't have enough people to have evidence. Rich, any thoughts about this trial and about this patient?
2: Well, the one point I was going to make is that actually the British have been amazing in terms of helping us to understand what to do with anal cancer and that they've mounted four or five different randomized studies in anal cancer. We've not been as good in the United States in trying to help to understand what to do. What's the
1: problem in surgical cooperation?
2: Well, I don't know that we capture as many patients, and it's a rare tumor, so the politics of it are that in Britain, with the nationalized health system, the incentives are different. Here, it's a pain in the neck to open trials, particularly if you're going to maybe enroll one patient in them, because they take all the same amount of work with the IRB with very little payoff. And so I think that's part of the reason it hasn't worked as well in the U.S. It's very hard to know whether adjuvant therapy is going to change the natural history of this disease. And in the old days, back when I was training at Georgetown and we were giving FAM to people, If you gave more mitomycin, people got hemolytic uremic syndrome and died of that rather than cancer. So certainly if I were going to treat this patient, I would use a platinum 5-FU-based regimen, and I don't think it really matters which platinum and which 5-FU. I'd be interested in what the rest of the group would do with this one, be the tumor board. One question
3: I would also ask the audience is what would be the duration of their adjuvant therapy? Would it be four months, six months? Could be three months. <laughs> okay, why don't we do a quick? We'll do a quick poll. What would
2: you do? Bottom line, I'd give her cisplatin and five FU, and I'd do it for three months. I'd go with the same cisplatin, five FU, three months. Three months.
0: How old is this patient? Sixty-two. And she was in good condition. Good health. Yeah. yeah. I will probably uh, five FU cisplatin.
3: I do have a question about the APR versus a low anterior resection. If there was no obvious tumor, and she got chemoradiation what would be the downside to do a low anterior resection and closely follow her and lift APR for salvage if she relapses? Yeah, I mean, I, it I, seems to me that we did everything to... I think it would be reasonable to take that approach. I guess part of what we do as oncologists is try to sleep at night. And this is not somebody I would be sleeping well at night knowing that she may have all the time had an occult anal cancer that sort of crept north. You can get submucosal infiltration. You don't see it. It's not obvious. And so I think you could say, we'll save an APR for salvage, keeping in mind that when you try to salvage anal cancer, they're not all cured with the salvage. I think it's somewhere between 50 and 60 percent can be salvaged, but it's not 100 percent. How
1: often do you see uncontrolled local disease and really bad symptoms and morbidity in that situation?
3: Well, usually I have to say that this is something that you get a sense of pretty quickly. You know, bulky disease is tough to clean up completely. And what we have referred to our center, and I don't think we know how to deal with this, is people who've had standard chemo RT programs, whether a 5-FU platinum RT or or 5-FU mito RT, and within months, they got tumor back, it's creeping along the skin, it's getting deeply infiltrating in the perineum, and it's just a mess. And the next thing you see are lung mets and many times this is not just issues of local control there is a subset of these tumors that are very bad biology probably something beyond HPV that turns them really sour and angry I sometimes think that smoking sort of makes for a worse anal cancer I could be wrong smoking. about smoking yeah is that a risk a, factor? it sure is so much I don't know okay but I, <laughs> I, I think it you know there is no right answer for this case I think at this age and with this problem I would err on the side of more as opposed to less, including the APR. One of the things that I believe, and I actually have started to change my thinking a little bit, I really think oncologists make a difference for patients in sort of adjuvant mode. And I personally think that where you make a difference in a patient's life is far more in the adjuvant setting than in the metastatic setting, no matter what disease we're talking about. Now, I used to say metastatic disease, not any of us is going to do any good really for a lot of tumors. But I actually have started to change my view that I don't want to be critical of doctors, but I think that physicians now with us getting patients out two, three, 10% of patients getting out to five years, we do have to be more thoughtful and critical of our own thinking in terms of how we deal with metastatic colon cancer. Pancreatic cancer is not there yet. So my point is, is that you really have to think about what's the best strategy in terms of adjuvant therapy. I would rather give this woman risk of some toxicity now, understanding this may not help at all, as opposed to saying, we're going to just hope for the best, because if the other shoe drops, it's going to be a mess, I think, for this poor lady. Dr. Morgan, I, right?
0: I, I just I on follow-up, so after <laughs> I have the knowledge... But her tumor, I think, was just that. I think it was one of these submucosal diseases from the anus because the big bulky tumor that was more distal was gone. But as the pathologist kind of cut across, there was more tumor, viable tumor, the closer you got to the anal verge. So one, the AP is, thank God, you know, we were committed to that to begin with. And I'm going to give her full fox. I'm just going to give her full fox. What's CPT11 and cis blood? And-
3: That's a good question. I have used that combination in salvage if somebody has failed a 5-FU platinum. It's not something I've usually pulled the trigger as what I would do as an adjuvant-type therapy.